Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. I've been doing a bunch of Googling, not Googling, Googling, different social media sites and all that. There's so much stuff out there that I just sit there and scroll through it some days yeah. and, yeah. you know, sitting there supposed to be watching TV and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> My thumb's getting a workout, man. <laughs> it's funny because I remember back in the day when I first started, like when I first moved here and first started paddling in Ontario and I'd moved from out west and it was like, you had to go on to bulletin boards mm-hmm. and you had to the BBS see, yeah BBSs and stuff yeah. like that and and I remember uh there was uh uh some I can't remember what they're called like they were chat rooms but it was uh what do you call it what a uh, news feeds like, the news like feeds that. yeah so I remember like back in the day you struggled to find I information to and talk to people a um well it was an 8086 it was a home computer like a pc yeah and you would get into the mail system but it was all typing yeah. Everything was typed. Yeah. And I was sending messages down to Huntsville, Alabama, to where the Nassau oh, okay. uh, people were. Helping them land the uh, shuttle? Oh, yeah. I was telling them how to do it. But no, <laughs> I was asking them the questions. They, they had, and they would actually send back an email answering questions. Oh, nice. Right? And that, I mean, this was back in the yeah. late 80s, early 90s, I guess it was. Yeah. Early 90s. And yeah, you type it, you type all these commands and you type your message and and shoot it across your 300 baud modem and yeah. you know your your 20 meg hard drive that was the size I of a know. Buick. Um, and yeah, and then you get these messages. Bah. And then my buddy calls me up and he says, "Well, Kevin, our yeah. our tech guy, yeah. he calls me up and says, "You got to check this out. It's called Netscape." <laughs> oh yes, yes, the yes, very yes, yes. first internet browser. I was browser, in college right? when I first saw that. Netscape. Yeah. Well, that's where that's where we were in college. So yeah. we get this Netscape stuff and we're just like. This is awesome. This is amazing. And, you're watching, and you, you can get pictures and, and, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. You know, like, oh, look, there's the space shuttle and, and whatnot with the doors open and all that. And and you're just like, wow. And now. Now it's, it's like. On my phone. It's like and, a fire hose to the face. There's yeah. too much. A it's fire hard to, hose to the face. I it like is. that. <laughs> Give me that phone. It's like fire hose to your face. <laughs> but it's incredible. The Like, it's overpowering sometimes. Yeah. And, and it's now it's so much more important to get out and camp and disconnect and and it's just like and especially because of the podcast like mm-hmm. i find that i'm i'm trying to keep up i'm trying to find information i'm trying to, and it's like it's becoming overwhelming sometimes there's so much oh, to keep oh you know what and of. there's so much useless stuff out there yes too. there is you know you're sitting there going oh look at all all these all these Articles about canoeing and kayaking, and look at these guys, man! They're they're kayaking up in Greenland. Oh, look, boobs! <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? You know, it's, it, you know, there's so much useless stuff out yes. there too. Oh, a, a kitten! <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing how much more we can connect now as yeah. a as a group, as a as a as an organization, like. All of the all the people we've been connecting with on well, I mean, podcasts. all around the world, right? I mean, yeah, we got people all around the world. We have people talking from to Nepal, us, Nepal, Nepal contacting yeah. us. It's like it's so yeah. amazing. People telling us all over the world, come and come and see us. And yeah, come and come paddle. Well, you know, but yeah. It's so just, we're still waiting for that <laughs> the big endorsement from an airline company. Yes, yes, we need that. Yeah, here's your free ticket to Air, you Air Canada. Go as if much you're as listening, you Air Canada, we yeah. would uh, we would. Definitely uh, pump up your ratings. <laughs> Brought to you by our sponsor, Air Canada. So the other day, Air Canada, I was canoeing Air Canada. 
Uh, we can only wish, you know. So anyway, <laughs> as I was Googling, <laughs> Googling, have you noticed a trend of photos over the last, I'd say three weeks? People have decided now, and I'm not saying it's a bad idea, because actually it's, I'm surprised people haven't done it already or published the fact that they do it already, is they'll pack their gear for a canoe or a kayak trip yep. or whatever. And so that they know this is how I got it. This is everything I've got to take. And these are, are what, you know, the, the packs or barrels I'm putting it in. And everything fits, mm-hmm. fits in the canoe, all that sort of stuff. And then they take everything out and they yes. lay it out in front of barrel, pack, whatever they exactly, pack it into. Yeah. Take a picture. Now, I've seen that over the last couple of years, but like you said, in the last two weeks, I think somewhere, somehow it started to trend. Mm-hmm. And so people are, more people are taking part in it. Like I've seen... It's uh, like that fluff challenge. <laughs> so all of a sudden everybody's got to take part in it. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. Tide Pod Challenge or whatever. Yeah. I do not endorse the Tide Pod Challenge. A third Anyways. time. <laughs> a third time. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yes, so I've seen it a lot. Like anybody who is like hardcore into into whatever media that they're doing, I've seen a few where they do an outlay. It's like this is everything I pack, and then they it all disappears. It's like wow, that's incredible. That's mm-hmm. they have a lot of stuff, but suddenly there's uh, it's like you know how planking became a thing and this that their thing. So right now, and actually I'm I'm not complaining because it's interesting. You see these uh, these posts and you see how people are packing and yep. and efficiency because. Like, it is interesting to see what people can fit as far as cargo as for loading and stuff like that. So, I, I Especially think. Especially in a kayak. Oh, absolutely. The, uh, kayak packing? That blows my mind because. Well, I've, I've seen them and they've got their kayak laid out. Yeah. And next to each, like, if they've got three cargo holds there. Yes. They've got stuff laid out next to each one exactly everything in a picture yeah. and then they got an in like a, yeah. a a close picture of it all yeah and that sort of stuff right i've seen one or two is like no does that kayak still float <laughs> <laughs> everything's packed in my kayak i can't get in it but everything's packed in my kayak <laughs> yes you know uh and it's, it's across all social media platforms yes right so you know what it's it, it really is a cool idea because this way, the next time they're going, well, yeah, and they're sitting there going, "Okay, now how did I pack last time?" <laughs> Boom, they got a picture. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that didn't yeah. go in that barrel. That went in that pack. Or you can review the photo. It's like, oh, that thing there, I never used it once. I yeah. can go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and that, yeah, I need a new one of them. Yes, exactly. Right? So I which lost is that which one. is really cool. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it it tells you what gear goes in which pack or barrel, and where that pack and barrel goes into the boat. And, you know, if you're, like I say, with a kayak, if you want to learn how to play that game of Tetris, <laughs> you yes, know, you've precisely. got picture proof, right? <laughs> uh, same with the, with the, with the canoes, you know, in, if I'm going on this long of a trip, yep. this is the gear I take. Mm-hmm. This is the, the packs and barrels I put it in. This is how it sits nicely in yes. the canoe, perfectly balanced and everything out. And then I can fit me and one other person mm-hmm. and a chair. <laughs> whatever right so yeah I, I just happened to notice that it's like i say it's it's instagram twitter yeah. facebook all that sort of stuff it, it seems to be going it trending like mm-hmm. you say trending lately 
and uh, the canoe and kayak packing picks. Yeah, I don't plan on taking any packing picks, but we are playing that game this week mm-hmm. because what we're doing is uh, this is the first trip we've taken as a family where we're going to be breaking camp and tripping. Because normally, as a family with a five and an eight year old, or last year was a four and a seven year old, we we base camped. We just right. and man, like my canoe was so overloaded last. We went to Booth Lake last year. And we were so overloaded. It's like, I'm surprised that 14-foot canoe stayed afloat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this year, because of we're tripping and we're traveling day to day, we're like, we spend one day in one lake and two days in another and then travel to another lake for two days. And so it's still somewhat base camping, but we are packing light. And I am cutting out all the extra stuff. There's not going to be a lot of extra stuff. Like, uh, it's, it's chairs I'm, and well, I'm going to bring chairs, but I'm only bringing two. I'm not bringing four. So I'm bringing my ultralights. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but other than that, it's like, I can sit on the ground. The kids can have the chairs yeah. type thing. Right. Yeah. We well, see those, turns. those orange cushions I use for the skin on frame. Yeah. Canoe yes. from for backcountry custom canoes. Yeah. Those, those, I use, I'll take one of those and they, I can strap one of those underneath yeah. my canoe seat. Yeah. And I sit on so that. Light. It's, it's so light. Yeah. Yeah. That and you don't even know what's there, and then mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh, I got it! Oh, I just unwrap that, I throw yeah. it on the ground, and there's my seat, <laughs> right?" And I mean, it keeps your butt dry, which at the end of the day is really all you want. Yeah, you want a little bit of comfort. You don't mm-hmm. want to sit on rocks. You want to have, you know, keep stay a little bit drier. And, yeah, those are perfect yeah. for that, as opposed to bringing a whole big chair, <laughs> big uh, fold-out chair, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. So you got to pack really light now. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, it's this is an experiment week. To see, like... Four people enter, one returns. (laughs) Well, we still have... It's a 14-foot Kevlar canoe, and there's four people in it, right? Two of them are tiny people. So... Itsy-bitsy people. Two and a half people. So this may be our last... We're... In the future, or in the near future, what's going to have to happen is my wife's going to have to learn how to stern a canoe. Right, because we're both going to have to stern. The kids are not effective at paddling yet, but they're starting to get big enough that we can't pack them in. Right, Mm -hmm. so it's uh, right now we're considering a bigger canoe, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to spend the three grand on a. (laughs) But yeah, we need a uh, we need a decent 17 foot uh, prospector or something that has a huge cargo capacity. Or get a second. I'd say get a second canoe. Well, with a second canoe, it's it's still the problem with uh, Siobhan has difficulty sterning a canoe, mm-hmm. right? And Stella and Becca can't do the stern. Why? Stella. <laughs> <laughs> Each could take a side. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Two of them in the back. Mom what? in the front. Hey, back there. One of you is supposed to be steering, not both. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? It gets a good chance to, to learn. Yes. Right? I think with a bigger canoe it'll work out, but like you said, we, we're gonna we have to start tetrising mm-hmm. that uh, four, fourteen foot canoe. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at that canoe out there; it's piled about fourteen, fifteen <laughs> feet high. It's only fourteen feet long. <laughs> it's as high as it is wide. We could there stack goes the special family. We could stack one canoe on top of the other. There you go. Then you only need one stern person, right? Yeah. Get yourself a little catamaran going. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's a good idea. See, there you go. Put on there for you. Outriggers. Uh, don't, don't ask me to help you portage it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so take a pictures of all your gear. 
so that you know what you're doing. Yes, show me what you're doing. Show me how. Uh, show me how I can pack my 14-foot canoe with two children and a, and a wife and all the gear. Can the kids go in a bag or pack or a barrel? Or? I've heard that it's frowned upon. Is it? <laughs> <sighs> but you can strap them to the outside of the pack. Outriggers. <laughs> oh, a pack Sp- as an outrigger. No, the kids. The kid is an outrigger. A couple of sticks <laughs> stuck to the side, tie with the kid tied to each end. Kick harder, <laughs> kick harder. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, there you go. Stick them to a stick and stick it straight up. There you go. Uh, let's talk coursing through America. Jillian Brown and Martin Tran. They're still kitty corner crossing the United States. Where are the boats are they now? So there were at about what thirty? You, I think you have I saw South Dakota. Done? Yeah, somewhere in there, like over that way. Yeah. Uh they they did date. They did a little stats page, mm-hmm. which uh, a posting, which I I wanted to go through here. Day eighty of two hundred and ten. So when did we first start? We mentioned them how long ago? When it was oh, about a month ago. It was a spring update. No, no, it was only about a month. Yeah, just a month ago? Yep. 38% done. 3,000 kilometers of 7,600 kilometers, which is 39%. 1,875 miles done of 4,750 miles, 39%. Portage is done. 14 dams, the Great Divide. Cool. 600 kilometers, 375 miles. I think that was the big, uh, the Great Divide was the big portage they did yes huge right? portage yeah, yeah 600 kilometer portage wow portage is to come seven dams oops days <laughs> off 14 resupplies five amazing people countless record day 163 kilometers or 101 miles that's far 163 in one day in one day and we're not talking up north like john van berger we're talking it's getting dark at 9 30 at night yeah wow that's a huge day. Snakes. Nine. <laughs> I do believe there's a couple of rattlesnakes in there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a couple of close calls. Ticks everywhere. Yes, yes. Yeah, they're, they're very prolific, ticks are. Mm-hmm. So we've been, I've been following them on the uh, Instagram and on Facebook and that, uh, where they're, you know, they're, they're, they make their posts and pictures. Jillian's an, an amazing photographer. Yeah. Just the po- the posts that she uh, picks that she posts, posts that she picks the posts that she picks the pics that she posts <laughs> works. Are it works either way. Some beautiful pictures, yeah. absolutely beautiful pictures, and they were in an area um, just to show you that. I mean, every, like we talk about, man, that'd be fantastic to do that. There was a massive storm system. Oh, okay, coming in. And they wrote this little article here. So just, I just want to read it because this is just shows that things aren't always, you know, all rosy yeah, and fun. You know, you're, yeah, you paddle, paddle, paddle. You get out, you meet great people. Yeah. You see Ukulele the country around the campsite, you know, around yeah. the campfire, kumbaya, and all that sort of stuff. Right? <laughs> things happen when you're out there. Uh, so there's this little this 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 thing. Storm was moving in, and Martin started this. Will I die tonight? Should I call the people I love? Martin wrote in response to a previous message. Yes, there is a possibility, our weather expert replied bluntly. Wow. It began to sink in this was going to be bad. 
We tucked into the cove deep within the small hills. It was the only protection out on the lake. Our canoe lay flipped between three trees tied at each end, and we practiced climbing under to make sure we knew the plan. Holy cow. Yeah, so this is, I mean... This is serious <laughs> stuff. No, this is serious stuff here. They're practicing drop, stop, and roll. Our four barrels braced the walls of the tent, and pelican cases sat inside ready. 22 stakes were in the hard ground when we climbed in for a sleepless night. We lay there, sleeping bags still packed, our dry gear across us as blankets, waiting. As the night drew on, the messages came in. There is a tornado on the ground. The storm is headed your way. Holy cow. Lightning flashed outside and finally a crash of thunder rang out. Within a moment, our dry pants, tops, and shoes were on and we sat there, pelican cases sitting beside us, ready to shield our heads from the hail. We breathed slowly as the first few raindrops hit. Then more. It was all we could hear. The tent shook, the sides caved, and the thunder roared, and then silence. We sent out word to the numerous people who had been sitting up in their homes waiting to hear. We were okay, our gear was okay, we can sleep. As we stirred the next morning, we received the news. The small town we had called home for three days that had welcomed us like family was hit. The tragedy we averted struck head-on, leaving a wake of destruction. One dead, 28 hospitalized, and 200 now without a home. Wow. Hearing the news was the true moment of fear. The realization of that blunt statement now had its full effect, and we had called our families. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Frank Herbert. Hmm. So, I mean... You, you, That's a pretty serious... Like, they, it sounds like it just missed them. It but just it, missed them. It nailed the town that yeah. they were in. Yeah. Like the town that they just they had just left. Yeah. That's, so, I mean, you're thinking, like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, they're going to get some rain, they're going to yeah. get some lightning and thunder. That was a tornado, man. Yeah. That just, like, that... that. And your sole shelter is a tent or a tied a, down over to your canoe. Yeah. Oh, man. Could you imagine? Like, no, I, I think I that imagine. tornado just would have ripped that thing right out of the ground. Yeah. They wouldn't have stood <laughs> a chance. Glad to hear they're doing all right. Sorry to hear about the town. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're continuing on, I presume, and, uh, eesh. Oh, well, I'm happy for them. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Change of pace? A change of pace. Another one of these, where the hell did you find that? <laughs> the Flyak. <laughs> this is good. The Fly, yes, I am saying that right. The Flyak. So I've been seeing a lot of things. Like I say, I've been Googling. I've been seeing stuff. You've seen the little um, surfboards and stuff like boogie boards and that. With People, hydrofoils. With the them. hydrofoils yes. on them, right? Yeah. So I got me to thinking. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's ever tried to put one on a kayak or a canoe. Well, there you go. 2005. So that long ago. Yeah, that long ago. There was a video of a kayak, which was referred to as... The Flyak. There was a couple other names, but Flyak sort of stuck. It was a sprint boat with two foils on it. A small one in the front, a large one in the rear. In the video, the Flyak races a four-man kayak team. Uh, although it takes a bit longer to get to speed, it eventually rises out of the water and beats the four-man kayak. <laughs> oh! <laughs> 
2005, Peter Ribe, Ribe and Einar Rasmussen, two world-class paddlers from Norway, designed the Flyak. The goal was for the Flyak to replace racing kayaks in Olympic competitions. Okay. Which I'm kind of thinking, that kind of changes things. Yes. Right? So, the Flyak starts off as a regular conventional kayak. And, you know, you paddle around, doodly-doodly-doo, you got these two foils underneath. Yeah. Causes some good drag, that's for sure, when you're you're paddling. Once you start paddling faster and reach a speed of about 10 kilometers an hour, 6 miles per hour, the front foil lifts the front of the kayak out of the water. (laughs) I'm watching the video of it now. It's so cool. At this point, the flyak is tilted about one degree backwards as it gets ready for takeoff. Okay. When the speed reaches 25% higher, the hull is lifted completely out of the water. As far less surface area of the hull is dragging against the water, very little resistance. The flyak is able to take off and reach speeds of 27.2 kilometers an hour, 16.9 miles per hour. High speeds, the entire hull is lifted 15 centimeters or 5.9 inches out of the water. It's kept level by leaning the hydrofoils against the surface. The foil winglets also add lift and directional stability. That's pretty incredible. Isn't it? Yeah. Limitations. <laughs> you know, this because why don't we see them everywhere, right? Exactly. Why aren't they in the Olympics yet? Yes. Well, I don't know that they would ever <laughs> It is said that the theory of the Flyak can achieve speeds of almost twice as fast as conventional championship-level racing kayaks. The limit is you, mister. <laughs> Mr. Paddler. Mr. Yes. and Mrs. Paddler. It takes intense energy for the paddler to keep up on the foils. Therefore, the time being, it is only ideal for short races. Yeah, you can't keep up that pace. No, not at all. The whole concept of the design is driven by performance. The three main criteria were lightweight, high strength, and robustness. Robustness. <laughs> it's fast. I'm, Isn't I'm, it? I'm watching about, I just finished watching about two or three videos here. and it's. Uh, if you Google Flyak. Yes. You're going to see it. It's, it's amazing. And you're watching them race? Yes. Yeah, yeah I watched them race yeah. against the four man. So the four man just beats him out of the starting block, but. But he picks up yeah. speed. Once the foils do lift and once he's, the hull leaves the water, it's uh, he picks up incredible speed. And then he just dies. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> he rolls it at the end and dies. Yeah. As, soon as, he, yeah. as soon as he stops paddling, it just goes whoomp and it's done. <laughs> Other features that were carefully considered were ergonomic con- cockpit with least amount of water gathering, which is always a good thing. Completely watertight body, again. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot take on water or sink. <laughs> I mean, I call that a boat. Yes. <laughs> uh, 5,200 millimeter carbon fiber hull. Hull is not much different than a regular racing kayak. If you remove the foils, the boat can be used as a normal racing kayak. So I guess there were, you could put them on or take them off, right? Yes. Okay. I guess for training or something. Flyak has two hydrofoil fins below the surface of the water to create lift. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> reducing the drag, allowing greater speeds, reportedly more than twice the speed. Looks like the Flyak was put out on the back burner. Uh-huh. Because, like I say, you're not seeing them anywhere. The big yeah. limitation was people. 
Yes. You could only paddle it for so long. Yeah. However, okay. recently, last year, 2017, yes. fall 2017, Revo Kayaks, as in Revolution. Oh, so they're back. No, different. Different. Oh, so it's a different company doing yeah. the same thing. Sort of. Revo Kayaks from South Africa have designed a surf ski kayak, taking into account that people can only do it so long. Okay. They've gone with a surf ski oh. version. Use the power of gravity. And they are the, making their the first brand to launch a foiling surf ski. Nice. Using So if you're out there surfing the big waves, yep. just like a surfer, just like these guys that in these like, little surfboards and that. When we covered that, we were uh, that Hamilton guy from Hawaii. Laird Hamilton. Laird Hamilton. Yeah. And so he had a, he had a, it was this a hydrofoil surfboard or yeah, something? Yeah, little surfboard, yeah. 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 And that's what he did. Well, that's what, basically they're mm-hmm. relying on the same thing. Yep. So once you get out there and then you can do these, they said, uh, Greg DeBuyer. Uh, of, of Revo says it's primarily a downwind fun boat to be used in waves but it will also be able to use in the wakes of boats ah, so like a uh, a, a ski boat like yeah. a, a wake yeah. boat yeah so you whenever you get the boats with the big wakes behind yeah. you just follow them yeah and have your fun it's a fun boat it's not going to be a, he's not looking at Olympics or anything yeah. he's looking it's for a wreck having a blast a recreational exactly fun kayak people are going to buy and he'll they'll probably make money on that that's for sure I have not seen anything in regards to a canoe with a hydrofoil on it. I, for one, <laughs> am happy about that. So, that's all good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check out Revo Kayaks from South Africa there. Uh, I'm not sure what their website is. Revo, R-E-V-O Kayaks. And you'll see they're right on the thing. They're, they're surf ski. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the Flyak, F-L-Y-A-K. Google that and watch the race. And you know, like I said, there's a couple of pages that pop up with it. But it's sort of, you know, mid... Started 2005 and it wasn't long before everything just disappears about it. Yeah. yeah. So it's gathering mothballs somewhere. So Revo Kayaks, surprisingly, it's uh, www.revokayaks.com. Is it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of mystery there. I solved it. And do they have the surf ski right on the front page? Uh, the big red one? I haven't actually clicked the link. Oh, well, you just saw the link and you didn't, yeah. Anyway, check it out because it's kind of cool. I, I got to wait to see people using those. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Seeing people doing the waves and stuff like that with that. I think it's going to be pretty a good seller for them. Wow, that's pretty cool. Isn't it? Wow, look at that. Sleek. That's impressive. Yeah. Revokayaks.com? Yep. Check them out. Yeah, so that's all I know about that. That, <laughs> that came from the... I was just sitting there looking at the, all that stuff and I'm thinking, I wonder, is anybody... <laughs> Because, you know, I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to make a fortune, right? Yeah. Uh, no, apparently I'm not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> apparently no one I'm else is I'm not the either. first. Yeah, I'm not the first to think about it. And those that did, yeah, they're they're still poor. So <laughs> thank you, Flyak people, for saving me a ton of time and money. Exactly. All righty. Uh, what do we got next is abilities in motion. Yes. This and is this this very timely. Very timely. I've been seeing a lot of this. People are raising money and stuff like that for this abilities emotion. The per one of the things about our our podcast is just talking about the entire paddling community. It doesn't it doesn't matter if you're a kayaker, or a canoeist, if you're stand up paddle boarding, if you're a rafter, whatever. As long as it deals with paddling, we like to hear about it. We like to talk about it. We like to you know research it. That sort of thing. 
So at the end of the day, getting as many people out paddling is one of our goals. Oh, absolutely. You know, tell them, get out there, enjoy it. You know, like find something that you think you like, mm-hmm. whether it's kayaking or canoeing or whatever, and go for it. Try it out. So abilities of motion, they believe that everybody should have the opportunity to live life to the fullest, even on the water. And they focus on ability, not disability. Correct. Right? It's the right focus in life. They're a nonprofit organization, and they aim to provide specialized kayaking programs for anyone with a disability or special need. So why this is timely is because they have a big fundraiser. Saturday, July 21st, hands across the water. If they do uh, kayak instruction at Earl Rowe Provincial Park, Alice in up in Alliston, okay, and uh, Fanshawe Lake in London, they've just expanded to Fanshawe Lake in London, Ontario. Okay, so this Saturday, if you go to abilitiesinmotion.ca, there's a how can you help in the drop down menu, and then there's hands across the water. They they give you all the information, but basically they're telling you this week, this Saturday. Raise money, kayak, canoe, paddle, whatever you yep. want, anywhere you want, raise some money for it to help them out so that they can, the money goes towards uh, building docks and decks and the the special equipment needed to get accessible people, accessibility exactly. into the kayaks and stuff yes. like that. So it is, it is pretty cool. Um, abilities motion is not just to create opportunities for kayaking, but to increase the awareness of the public to the issues faced by people with disabilities. And they've been around. Well, their first uh, Hands Across the Water took place July 14th, 2012. There was a kayak crossing from Port Credit to Toronto, and there were six paddlers. Nice. That did it. So that's that's pretty cool. And now they're going to keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. And this Saturday, they have a bunch of different things throughout the year, or like the summer and that. Um... They say uh, opportunities for adaptive recreation are increasing, but slowly. And Abilities in Motion supports positive action by not only providing a kayaking experience, but integrating this sport with other recreational activities as well. Because as back in the day, if somebody had a disability, then the, yeah, it's, th- there was nothing offered to them. Just like today with the explosion of uh, social media and stuff, there's a lot more opportunities for people with disabilities or challenged abilities Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's it's incredible what's out there now and it's it's really it's really encouraging to see the growth of that side of uh of accessibility and people getting out enjoying life yeah and you know yeah i mean if you're in a wheelchair or something like that that doesn't mean you you yeah can't enjoy it you, you can't picture it as the same limitations of of you know back when i grew up in the 70s and 80s limitations people accepted limitations but you don't have to accept it anymore no. the technology's there for this sort of yes, stuff yes absolutely yeah you, just the, if we can get the money together to do it yeah because you perfect. know sometimes you think government pockets deep and unending but you know what stuff like this it's it takes decades to try mm-hmm. and get something through the government or get something approved this here is it's a crowdsource it's fan based it's like the the public is helping support people who are trying to make something more of their lives get out and enjoy life yeah and it's nice to see that the that the public can get involved in something like this and make a huge difference a huge change and it's immediate exactly 
So go to abilitiesinmotion.ca and there's there's a bunch of links there for different ways you can help out. Uh, check them out. And especially, like I say, this weekend they're doing the, the paddle, uh, hands across the water. Get involved if you can. Throw some money their way if you can. And uh, it only goes to, to help. Um, let's take a quick break here. And I think we're going to talk with John Van Berger. Update number seven. Awesome. I look forward to that. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. So update number seven from John Van Berger on the Yukon River. (laughs) (laughs) Update seven. It's incredible that there's a trip that takes this long. Oh, and he's only halfway. Or is he even halfway? Yep. Yep. They're halfway now. It's 2,300 kilometers or something. Well, it's 2,000 miles. 2,000 miles. Yeah. And he's at mile 1,000. Eek. Which 2,000 divided by 1,000. Yeah, it's halfway. That's not half. <laughs> half plus. Um, they are doing the Yukon Journey. So you can go to yukonjourney.org and check them out. They are raising Monday money for first responders in Canada and the United States. If you go to yukonjourney.org, you can find a place to donate money if you've got a few extra pennies to donate. And you can also find a place, uh, a map on there that uh, to follow their, their route. Mm-hmm. And we caught up with them at Yukon Camp on the, at the bridge. Yes. Oh, what was the river? I know he. Oh, see now. Yeah, like Dawson, Dawson Highway. Sure. Well, I know the river, the Yukon River. <laughs> I think it's Dawson, where the Dawson <laughs> Highway crosses the Yukon River. Uh, we had a couple of uh, technical issues. Yes, uh, yes. This evening. Drop um, calls. Yeah, you know. Internaut. But the internaut, yep. So, uh, yeah, we recorded this just before we the interview with John, just before we recorded the show here. And, uh, yeah, there was a couple little issues there, but uh, hopefully we can fix them all up so that you won't notice too much. And, uh, yeah, so here's our interview with John Van Berger of the Yukon Journey. Hi, John. Welcome back to the show. Uh, last we spoke to you was in Circle, and you are now at the Yukon River Camp. Correct. Yeah, I'm at the Yukon River Camp, um, where the, the Hall Road basically crosses the river. And uh, it's, uh, it was a, it's a rough, uh, uh, rough time getting in here, to be honest. Um, but uh, we made it. The people here are really cool. And in fact, uh, Jeffrey, the manager here, had a case of IPAs waiting in the refrigerator for us. So um, that's a good place to be. <laughs> that's nice. Now, the last time we talked to you, you were about to hit yes. the flats. And uh, we were talking about the flats. It looked like it was going to be a bit of a, um, a dog's breakfast trying to get through there. How was it? <laughs> It was pretty brutal, and and the funny thing about it was like 
So, you know, we got that little taste of it before we got to Circle. And, and it fulfilled that, you know, high winds, um, rock bar. It's a strange thing when you're going through it because there's all these rock bars. Um, you know, water's a little bit high even. Um, so it's been bringing down all of this debris and you're, you know, you're kind of dodging in between, um, you know, trees that are stuck, you know, and the root systems are sticking way up in the air and stuff in the water and, uh, and then the winds, uh, winds coming across there were pretty crazy. Um, and, uh, so you're, you know, you're paddling through that and there's, you know, uh, you up to that point, you have these beautiful mountains on both sides of the river, and then you get to the flats, and it's just that thin line of, you know, of spruce that you see in the far distance kind of thing. And uh, so it's a very, very different experience from the, uh, you know, prior to Circle. Yeah, now, you we saw some of your uh, posts there. There are storms, yeah. uh, the high winds. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, there's just, you know, some of the areas, you you know, you'll get high winds and storms on, you know, on the early and, and like on the lakes and everything, but man, it just comes whipping across the flats. And, um, I had, um, there was one day, it was after, right after we left Circle, and I just had nothing in the tank. I've never had a day like that ever where, you know, you're, you're tired and stuff, right? I mean, it happens on, on long trips, but, like, where I got up and I started packing up and it was just like, God, I got nothing in the tank. And got out on the water and just, you know, it was gutting out a long day. And we got to a stop on an island, got out and stretched the legs. I sat down on the rocks, fell asleep. I kind of woke up when I heard Chelsea say, don't move, <laughs> as if that was an option at that point. <laughs> and uh, you know, she uh, she took some photos, and I fell back asleep, and you know, just got it out of. I don't remember what it was that day, forty some mile day, and got to camp as a storm was coming in, and uh, didn't even eat, just crawled in the tent, and you know, that was it. So uh, the flats can test you, that's for sure. Yeah, it sounds like it could. Uh, I mean, just by by looking at it. You know, it looks like it'd be hard work, and yeah, take take it out on you, especially doing it day after day. Yeah, 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 and you know that's and that's one of the things you know when, with a trip like this that you know there's that the thing we've been calling the grind, which is the you know where you you wake up in the morning and 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 I, I guess I I want to preface this by saying this is a great trip, right? I mean, this is the this is my bucket list trip. And I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. But there's something called the grind, or what we've been referring to as the grind, where you get up, you know, you'll have breakfast and coffee and stuff, which is great. Um, then you, you know, you put all of everything away, you break camp, you pack everything, you know, you get out in the water, you do anywhere from 30 to 50 miles a day, you get out, um, you unpack, you set up, you know, your, your tents, the shelter, whatever else you've got. You make dinner, um, maybe have a beer or two, and you go to bed. And you get up and you do that every day, you know. And so when you get into a tough session, uh, like, like the flats or something in particular, you know, it, it, it can test you. And, um, you know, but it's, again, you know, I'm, I'm still thrilled to be up here. It's, it's beautiful. 
and then and then <laughs> as as if to just tease you uh, in the middle of the flats we had a perfect day i mean perfect blue skies no wind um it was probably 30 plus uh celsius um it was amazing it was amazing and then the next day she slapped us hard again <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere along there, it was uh, Talk's birthday, and you guys—I believe you guys did uh, birthday cake or something. Oh, did we lose him? Oh, we lost the call. Did we lose him? Hey, John, you still there? Okay, so we'll get back a hold of him, and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Okay, looks like we got John back. The internaut is it's back <laughs> up and working. Hey guys, sorry about the delay there. In, in this world of high technology, it sure yeah. shows you that some days, like, how far out you really are from, from civilization when you're basing your phone calls off of the internet and you lose connectivity and you're done. Yeah, and that's yeah, and I could hear you for a second, and then you were gone. So, so uh, hey, glad to be back. <laughs> awesome. Well, you stopped talking, so we left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this call actually, your listeners don't know, has been down to the corner bar near your house, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we quickly moved everything to the bar as we're recording right. this evening. <laughs> So before we were so rudely interrupted by no phone call, but <laughs> Talk's birthday. Yeah, yeah. Talk turned uh, 32 on the trip here. So uh, when we got to uh, Fort Yukon, we after leaving there, we uh, stopped for dinner and um, we uh, we baked him a birthday cake. Awesome. awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah. We have um, one of those. Um, uh, Bemco, the backpacker ovens, and uh, we uh, made a chocolate banana bread birthday cake, and uh, Chelsea had even picked up some candles at the, in the little store at Fort Yukon, and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great night. Awesome. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it was fun. It Nothing was fun. Like it was a uh, birthday when you're out there. Completely out of uh, character for, you know, for a trip like that, so that made it even better, and and I think he was really surprised, too, so that was that was fun, too. That's cool. So, uh, talk must be getting a lot of feedback uh, from from home, right? There must be a lot of people messaging and contacting, following up on Facebook. I don't know what kind of connectivity you guys have for that, but he must be a fan favorite back home. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think he is, but I don't think he, he has he doesn't have an inreach with him or anything. So, um, so I know he had a lot of people uh, that sponsored him on this trip uh, from Japan, um, crowdfunding, a lot of people, you know, kind of... They know who he is. His his mentor is one of the the most famous outdoors, well, probably the most famous outdoors writers in Japan, and um, you know, so he has a lot, knows a lot of people through him. and And he had done these trips up um, 
on the Yukon for years. And so we got a chance to stop into uh, Beaver, Alaska, which was a, a stop that Toc wanted to make specifically um, because it was founded by a Japanese gentleman um, who had married a, a Native American woman and was up in the far north. And when all the whaling, you know, this is this is going back, I think, in the, I want to say 20s or 30s, but when all the whaling um, was, was happening up there and people were losing their way of life, this guy led them down like this, I think like this six-month march to a new home on the Yukon River, which became Beaver, Alaska. And so because of that connection to Japan, talk was like, we have to stop there. And and honestly, it was one of the coolest stops that we've had. You know, you, you start looking at the history that happened up there. I mean, you don't really think about it much. But when you start getting into what actually happened in, in the Yukon and Alaska and stuff like that, it's, it's pretty cool what you find out. Yeah, yeah. And this was, and, and we went into town, and, and there's a guy walks out on his porch, and he says, well, I suppose this is the point where I welcome you to Beaver, Alaska. <laughs> that you had a dream <laughs> yeah. yes I did <laughs> about us <laughs> you, you know and if I say it's about you two you, you'll twist that into something absolutely um, I'm already 50 at... different ways from Sunday <laughs> yeah exactly so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to phrase my words very carefully <laughs> it doesn't matter how um, you say it you know we uh, a lot of times on a trip you know I'll have like dreams about bears and other things like this I had a dream that you guys were actually holding a contest um, to see when we would give up and come off the river. Um, and I can't remember what the prize was you were offered in your listeners, but I, I woke up, I'm like, those bastards! <laughs> <laughs> Who's been talking to him? I don't know. <laughs> the word's gotten out. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was so funny. I, I went out to the camp and I told them, and they just were howling with laughter. I was like, yeah, I know. I don't get it. I, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because we, we had been yeah. going to quit on day four. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, um, So you're at Yukon River Camp now. That's the 1,000-mile mark. Yep, yep. And um, we, um, again, went, you know, got through the flats. I got attacked by... Oh, the seagulls. So, I think we're up to, I want to say eight seagulls now. Right. Um, and I don't know what it is. I mean, it started, it was kind of a joke. We were in Eagle, Alaska. 
and um, coming out of there, there was a seagull sitting on this big rock, and as I was coming by, it gave you that sort of that warning, you know, which kind of sounds more like penguin than seagull. Yeah. And so I thought it was funny, and I kind of mocked it back, and it did it again, and I did it again, and it lofted itself and, and came down and, and was like, you know, basically like going for my head. Um, so I started swinging the paddle at it, and then we started making jokes about it, you know, as we were going down the river that they must be telegraphing ahead or something because uh, a total of about eight different seagulls at different points, you know, you're, you're going by all these rock bars that have nests and stuff on it. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, so they're, they're out there, and, and uh, they're my nemesis. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the you said was, the wrong thing. On a really beautiful day on the flats that I told you about before we got cut off, we were there, and, and this one just came in, and it came in really low across the water, just directly at me. And just before it got to us, it kind of came up a little bit, and I pulled up the, the canoe paddle, and I just barely missed it. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, if I had thrown that, and Tax like, you have permission. We have spare. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we, uh, we, uh, <laughs> we, we're on a mission now. Day 33, we had fresh seagull for dinner. <laughs> exactly. Hey, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> uh, alum, your water treatment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the silt load in the rivers is real heavy, and, and you can still hear it on the boat and stuff. Um, and a lot of your white caps look a little bit more like gray caps. Um, but it's, um, to treat it, you either have to get you know, fresh water out of feeder streams, which can be hard sometimes, especially when you're on the flats. Or, uh, you know, because, like, you're in a maze of islands, and you have no idea where, you know, something's coming in. Or you can mix alum with it, which is something that, you know, is used with pickling a lot, and that will drop it out. Um, and we've had really good success with it, and then we've had times where it didn't work at all. So um, I think when I posted that recently, it, it had worked well, and... Uh, I think one thing we determined was when you made your sort of your alum mixture to dump into the water, that has to be absolutely fresh. Like you can't, you know, mix a bunch in advance and then just pour it in at the next campsite. It's got to be done immediately. Right. But for people that are interested, it works. It will pull particulates out of the water, and you look in your white paint bucket, and you got a you know a thing of sediment on the bottom, and and you know beautiful drinking water above it. So. So apparently, if you do it right, it works well. Yeah, yeah. Funny how things like that happen, huh? <laughs> Follow the instructions on the packet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, but other than that, how are things going? Uh, like you say, your day-to-day grind. Um, yeah. But other than that, things are going okay. Things are going well. The the big area of concern for us is Tox's arm right now. Um, he is. Um, I tell you what, I. I I think I probably posted about it, um, but he is the hardest worker I've ever paddled with. And uh, he's having some carpal tunnel issues and then some tendon issues higher up on his arm. And um, he's struggling, uh, to be really honest. Um, And he's, um, you know, we're concerned... He had uh, about a week off in Dawson, and it came back almost immediately after that. Oh, wow. um, so we're, you know, we're 
going to try to figure out some options here, um, maybe make a few phone calls and, and see if something can be done. But um, as we were, we were powering in here last night because we were trying to get in before it got too late, so we were paddling pretty hard um, and, in a, again, in, in a good headwind. And at one point, he just, he, I saw him put his hands down in the water, and he looked at me and said, I can't feel him. He couldn't feel the water. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I tell you what, this, you know, getting in here last night um, was, uh, you know, we nicknamed him, <clears throat> his river name was The Engine, because he just, you know, he keeps working hard and everything, and then it's kind of like, you know what, we I, we may have to change this to, to something else. You know, I, I told him it was, I mean, he was struggling. I, uh, he was he was pushing hard. He was trying to get in. Um, you know, he, he was off, he was helping the team. We told him for a little, so we had him in the bow, and, and Chelsea would steer him back, and I'd tow the canoe uh, with the kayak. And so, you know, it's slow going, and, and he didn't like that. You know, he didn't want us, he didn't want, someone to kind of, you know, be doing what he thought he should be doing. Right. Um, and he, he would keep paddling, and then we'd tow again for a bit, and then finally he just kept paddling. And, I mean, you know, and Chelsea would say, okay, let's take a break, and he would fall forward onto the bow and exhausted and, and in pain and, and numb, you know. And um, so, you know, we got off the river, and it was like, man, I've... I've I have such huge respect for you. You know, I've, I've never seen anybody do anything like that. So, um, we're concerned, though. We're 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 really concerned for him. We'll have to make your phone calls and take a break for a couple of days and figure it out. Yeah, and that's the thing because you know, as, as great as this is, um, you know, and and you know, the other piece of this is, you know, with the the charitable aspect is we were in the They've got a restaurant here at the Yukon River Camp. So we were in here having uh, breakfast this morning and just chatting with some motorcyclists that were, were going through the area and um, gave one of our trip cards. And he looked at it and he says, oh, he says, uh, we had some first responders come out and look for us one night when we were up in a snow cabin and we got delayed. Um, here. And he gives me $20, you know. Cool. That's, that, that's a, yeah, it's a really cool piece of, of um you know, you you want to keep doing this, but at the same time, you don't want to have a young man, you know, uh, lose lose use of his hands because or or feeling in them because we we're doing a trip, right? Yeah, bottom line, they, we love this. We love what we're doing. We we want to help first responders, but the worst you know outcome of this could be for him to injure his hands more. So um, we're gonna see what we can figure out here yeah now is this is where you uh, lose chelsea is it not yeah yeah chelsea um in fact as we speak i'm looking at her sitting out in the parking lot here with a sign that says uh fairbanks please <laughs> um <laughs> try to catch a lift down she has a flight out in about what is it about eight and a half nine hours right and um, so, yeah, we lose Chelsea, which is too bad. She's she's been a great worker. She's uh, she's a good person. A lot of fun to be out there with. And uh, so, yeah, so she'll be taken off here soon. How long's the drive to Fairbanks from there? Well, 
<laughs> I can tell you what it's supposed to be and what I drove it when I was dropping food off. <laughs> What's it supposed to be? <laughs> it's supposed to be three hours. Oh, <laughs> not two. <laughs> Pardon me? Not two. <laughs> yeah, for example. <laughs> yeah, um, so um, we're hoping she can get something. There may be a tour bus coming back through, but it gets her down to Fairbanks right about the time of her flight, so we're we're hoping she'll be able to find stuff before then. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I think that's about all that's happened since last week from when we were chatting. <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's like, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the posts and stuff as they're going through, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, you know, when you're, when you're, you're pushing the miles and stuff, you, you keep forgetting little things or whatever, but it's, you know, it's it's amazing and it's beautiful and, um, you know, it's grueling and, and then amazing again in the same day. And, you know what I mean? It's just, um, it's the far north and, and you know, we're, we're pretty blessed. Well, I think it's pretty amazing and unique that we have the opportunity to get weekly updates from you because you are very isolated and, and communications is very sketchy and, and in such remote areas. It's, uh, I think it's pretty amazing that we have this opportunity to, uh, to follow along and kind of live vicariously through you guys. Yeah, it's, you know, and, it, and I'll be really honest, it's been, it's been great fun for me, too, because, you know, you, you get to chat with you guys and, and, you know, sort of explain some of what you're seeing. And, and well, you know, like you post on InReach or with the Garmin, you know, and, and it's 160 characters. And, <laughs> but, you know, you get to talk to somebody about it and, and share, you know, share what it is. It's just, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, pretty amazing to be able to do that. Well, we figured you were only calling every week just to make sure people were still here. The zombie <laughs> apocalypse hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, you know, I'm, honestly, so if I describe to you what I'm seeing when I look out here, you know, you talk about the remoteness. Is looking out, I see the Alaska pipeline going by across the road. Um, I'm sitting in uh, the, the restaurant cafe here, which is, they have a noodle shop, which I'm going to actually, it's going to be nice to have something made by someone other than me in the dirt. Uh, <laughs> or, or Tak, who actually is a really good cook, and, and, and Chelsea too, but, you know, when you're sitting in the dirt cooking, even your coffee gets a little bit crunchy. So um, <laughs> to get a, a nice meal here is, is pretty great. But, um, you know, you look out, and it, it really is, it's the North Country. It's up here. Yeah, I mean, when we look at the maps, the satellite views and all that, you're just like, wow. Look, there's a road. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that was the thing last night too. As we came in and and you know again pushing hard and and we're all just exhausted because we had we had, a, had to wait out a storm early in the day and and we had high winds and and uh, and then it just started at one point just raining hard like you know, really hard and it was like okay you had to do that did you <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, we we. Uh, we get in here, and, and the first sight of, like, I could see a line in the hill, and I'm like, could that be the Dalton Highway? And then I saw a semi go by on it. I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and then we just started paddling even harder for the bridge, you know, so. Uh, but when you get that first view of the bridge, you know, you know you're you're a thousand miles in already. That's, that's a pretty great feeling. Yeah. Well, it's got to be. I mean, you got to think of how long, ago, well, this is, 
update number seven, and I think we missed. Did we miss a week? Uh, or has it been seven weeks already? It's been, there was one yeah. we had a text update. Yeah. One week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and well, it's cool. And, and I, God, I wish I had, I wish I had um, brought the the note over. I'm, I'm calling from the restaurant now because of the you know the phone over there and the other building kind of went out, but. Uh, we got in here last night, and um, there was uh, the Jeffrey, the manager here, had written this like incredibly great note and put it up, and and you know he's like, "Hey, badasses, you know you're halfway to the Bering Sea," you know? <laughs> and uh, it was just cool, you know. I mean, it was like uh, just uh, a, a good way to end the evening, you know. It's a good welcome to the place, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and the IPA sure didn't hurt anything either. <laughs> oh, that never hurts. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll call it a, an evening here. We'll let you get out and uh, hopefully uh, have another drink over there and uh, relax a bit. Sounds Definitely good. Got to make some phone calls and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. We call will, back home uh, and see how things are going. And and uh, again, we appreciate. You know, I. I, I at every phone call, but we really appreciate your your guys' interest and in following along and and, and uh, sharing this with your listeners. You know what? This is as much fun for us as it is for you. I mean, like I say, talking to you, you're way up there, and we're we're noticing where you are and places we'd like to go. So as as yeah. Derek says, we're living vicariously through you. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and I think it'd be fun is is uh, when we're done with this thing and and. You know, for us to be able to get together again, and and I know it does nothing for your podcast listeners, but just get together and you know show some of the images to you, and you know, and when we get back in, in range where we can do that comfortably, I mean, I may try to get some stuff up if we can get down to Fairbanks for a couple of days here, um, try to get some stuff online. But the the beauty of the place is, you know, um, yeah, I think I think you guys in particular and and your listeners because right, that's why you why you paddle, right, to get out to these places. And uh, I, I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm sure we can put something together. We can put it uh, on our page and all that to uh, so they know what we're talking about and um, see what we're talking about. Cool, cool. And if anyone, um, we'd love to encourage people to donate. If, if you've been thinking about it at all, like, oh, yeah, I should donate uh, for their fund for first responders, please go ahead and do so. Um, if you go to yukonjourney.org.org, um, there's a link there to the donations page. We'd love to get more uh, to help first responders. So um, please do so if you've been thinking about it at all. Awesome. And we'll post that back up on our uh, sites as well. So Thanks, uh, Yeah, yukonjourney.org. All right, John. Well, uh, thanks for calling in. And, yep. uh, you know, like I say, we, we knew we'd have issues with technology yes. at some point. Communication. <laughs> but, hey, we seem to yep. be getting through it all. Okay. You guys take it easy, and, and thanks again for everything. You too. You have a good week. Okay. Thank you. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. 
Well, Derek, that seems to be the show for this week. I particularly like this episode. Me too, because uh, <laughs> I was on it yet again. Well, it was. You know, I, I had a lot of fun with this episode. Well, coursing through America, they're almost halfway. They're puttering along, getting there yes. slowly but surely. Surviving. Surviving, apparently. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's Scary makes you think, stuff, doesn't man. It? Scary. Scary. Packing picks. Do them. <laughs> I'm not doing one. Do one. I'm not doing do one. Do it. <laughs> do it. Come on, you got to do it. <laughs> Just do it. Uh, your kayak, canoeing, gear, packing. Yes. Lay it all out. Take a picture. Yeah. So you know what you're doing. The Flyak. Google it. Uh, Check so out the awesome. Flyak. Yes. Everybody's going to want one. Guy's going to be, man, where'd you hear about it? Paddling Adventures Radio. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take four. The re- <laughs> <laughs> we're the revisionists and the revivalists. <laughs> there you we're go. bringing it back. And abilitiesinmotion.ca. Go check them out. And if you got a few pennies, throw some yes. money their way to help them out. A Get good people, cause. Uh, very good cause. It's a very good cause. Get people out on the water. And yukonjourney.org. Uh, helping first response- responders. If you got a couple extra pennies, donate to them as well. A lot of pennies going around. <laughs> If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find all our podcasts, including number 127, which is this one. Yes. On iTunes, Player FM, many places for Android, Google Play, and on our Paddling Adventures Radio website under the Episodes track. We're everywhere. (laughs) We are. We're pervasive. We are. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.